0: Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW void or Prohibited by Law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The numbers told the story,
3: they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Visa. one of those idiots who believe in analytics.
4: Good Friday morning tune is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa App, Fubos Link, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It is all. Proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Producer number five and eight. Jeffrey, it is a beautiful morning. How you doing, man? I know. What a
3: a big comeback by the Texas Rangers
4: last night. That's what I'm referring to. (laughs) Uh, Listen, um, later on the show, Jason Weingarten talking baseball with us. Ben Wilson will be in studio to talk college baseball with us. It resumes today. The College World Series actually starts I should say the postseason resumes in college baseball. We've got thoughts. Ben is, what, 8-0 this postseason? He has a play today?
3: Yeah, he does have a play today.
4: Ben is secretly like, "Could I lose one, please, so that people will... <laughs> there you go, buddy. 8-0, going for 9-0. Ben Wilson, we're talking. Vinny Maliulo, always joining us. Mayolio, later on the show. Uh, we always close out the week with Vinny here, kind enough to join us in studio. But, Warriors, congratulations to all of us. Who had Warriors futures tickets? Now I got mine plus five fifty uh, early in the uh, basketball season. Not nearly as good as some others. Brady Cannon, our own Brady Cannon, had eleven to one pre-flop this year. Uh, I I took them early plus five fifty this year when them and the when the Warriors and the Phoenix Suns were clearly the two best regular season teams in basketball at that point. Uh, and it caches their fourth title in eight years. Now I want to make a broader betting point about this, but. You'll forgive me, Jeff, if I drift into a little sports radio, sports talk radio this morning in segment one, because I really believe, and I've, I've how many times on this show have I said the Golden State Warriors are the most beautiful thing in sports? And I really do feel like we we ran into a situation here with a lot of betters, and I got a lot of people all there. Oh, you got to got to tell this person he was wrong. No, I'm not. I'm, no, we've all been wrong about things before. I do believe generally that this was a case of betters perhaps, though, general, betters plural, who did sort of get too close to the sun when it came to the Warriors. And a lot of people who backed the Celtics were very careful to say, it doesn't mean that I don't think the Warriors are good, I just think the Celtics are better. Yeah, but even in that, there was a sort of tacit disrespect for a dynasty. The details of the game from last night, almost incidental, because it was, you know, 6th verse, same as the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Boston with 22 turnovers. It's really all you need to know. 22 turnovers. They were 1-8 this postseason when committing 16 or more. That's the magic stat of the postseason. Steph with 34 last night, named... NBA Finals MVP for the first time in his career. Remember the previous three championships for the Warriors. It was Iguodala and two from KD. 103-90 to 90 was the final score. After a run of five consecutive finals in which the Warriors won three, remember the two they lost. One, they won 73 regular season games. The other, KD ruptured his Achilles and Clay blew out his knee. Then they went to the literally bottom of the NBA with the worst record in the NBA after those injuries and a departure from KD, back to the top of the mountain. And how many times on this show have we said, let us appreciate what we are watching for the most beautiful thing in sports? Last night, again, incidental, Celtics led 14 to 2. You're like, oh well, how about this? And that was that. The Warriors led by five by the end of the first quarter as part of a 35-8 to 8 run, part of which was a 21 to nothing run. The biggest run to zero in an NBA Finals game in the last 50 years. And you knew, at that point, Boston was battling uphill the rest of the night. Boston trailed by as many as 22, got to as close as 8, with uh, over 5 minutes left in the game, but quickly, another Warriors tear. And by the time the Warriors got back up in this game by 15, 96-81, late, 15-point lead, out of Curry 3, it was Curry night running down the court. Steph moved to tears by the end of this. What a dynasty, and I will say this again. Besides the Jordan Pippen Bulls, now we're not talking Bill Russell Celtics from the 60s, but modern day, our lifetime besides the Jordan Pippen six championship Chicago Bulls, which is a very like historically interesting run because it was literally on the backs of two guys who just were so different and so much better in their own way than anybody else in basketball at that time. And I am including Scottie Pippen. They're their own thing. Showtime Lakers won five. The Warriors are right behind that. And I don't think you can argue it. Try to argue it, Jeff. I see you coming. What do you want?
3: No, the, 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 closest, it, it, we're in this era of the NBA, though, Gil, where we really have gone dynasty to dynasty to dynasty. Kind of a league that's always been that way. Of though. course, because yeah. we went from, of course, we started obviously with Russell Celtics that won basically every single year. Then you, you had the, the Magic and the, the Magic Lakers and the Bird Celtics mixed in there. Detroit obviously won their two straight. The Bulls, then the Kobe Shaq Lakers won their three straight. The Spurs stuck around forever winning their titles. The Spurs now-
4: are the Washington football team. Underappreciated for for the because they won them over a length of time. Right.
3: Well, Tim Duncan's the most underrated player in the history of the league. I'm Tim Duncan
4: you- is Art Monk. Great yeah. players who never just wanted to talk to the media. So Great. somehow they're not considered.
3: Duncan, easily yeah. top 10 player in league history. Steph Curry now easily top 10 player in league history. And Gil, the thing with this title that makes this so impressive and Of course, the two KD titles, those teams were great. That first team was great. The team that didn't win might have been the best team of all of them. But to go to the bottom of the league, Gil, they did not even make the bubble in 2020. This is
4: unlike any other thing we've seen.
3: Right. Going to the bottom and back. They were the worst team in the NBA in 2020. Last year, they didn't even make the playoffs. They lost two playing games. And now here they are, seven years after title number one, winning their fourth.
4: Just, I, I want to say this, and again, we'll, we'll get into the odds for next year because I think those are fascinating to look at. We'll get into how I think we had the right Celtics bet this week also on this show had the Celtics come back. In, almost in a comical way, did we have that one right had it gone that way? But I, we have to take a moment to appreciate it. I'm sorry. This only happens once in a while, so we got to do this. In 2010, the Golden State Warriors drafted Steph Curry with the seventh pick in the draft. Among those drafted before him, ashamed to beat by the Memphis Grizzlies at 2, and more famously, perhaps, Johnny Flynn to the Minnesota Timberwolves at 6. And we all had seen Steph at Davidson take Davidson to the Elite 8, so we had some knowledge of him. But when the Warriors took him at 7, as, as we just mentioned, there were a couple teams that didn't, you know, think highly enough of him, enough to take him over those two guys. And immediately... And this is the part in history that that will get forgotten. And for those of us who lived in the Bay through these years, it it is incumbent upon us to appreciate what we're seeing, and that is why I'm doing this today, which is to say that Steph Curry was riddled, and I mean riddled with ankle injuries, from year one to the point in 2010, his very first season, where he, on December 8th, 2020, uh, December 8th of that first rookie year, December 8th of 2010, his rookie year, He rolled his right ankle, just handling the ball on the perimeter in a game against the Spurs, untouched. And we didn't know that was a portent of things to come, but throughout that season, he had trouble with the ankle, led to off-season surgery to help reattach and strengthen the torn ligaments that a year of sprains and tweaks had ravaged. And in the 2011 draft, the Warriors turned around with the 11th pick in that draft and took Michael Thompson's kid Dell Curry's kid one year, and then Michael Thompson's kid the next year. In Clay Thompson, out of Washington State at number eleven, picked right before him by the Milwaukee Bucks and immediately traded to Sacramento. The great Jimmer debt. Now I, I got to admit, when the Warriors took Clay at eleven, I was like, oh, or whatever. So wasn't like I was like predicting greatness for Clay either. And by the way, let's not let recency fool us about Clay. Peak Clay. And, and, and young Curry, those teams were even better. And I'm talking maybe before KD. So Clay goes with the 11th pick. So the Warriors have these two guards. But the Curry ankle injuries continued that second year, the year after they drafted Clay, the, the, the subsequent year to drafting Clay. January 4th, sprain of the ankle, January 4th, 2012 for, for Curry, missed nearly two weeks with that injury returned to play at less than 100% for most of February, and then on March 10th of 2012, his second year, towards the end of that second year, disaster strikes again. He wouldn't play another game that season. He eventually would have to have another surgery to clean out scar tissue and remove loose bodies. We, we didn't think, and nobody thought, the Bay, the Bay Area fan base was worried that, this, that Steph Curry would never be able to succeed in this league because he'd just be too injury-riddled with his ankles. Three days after that injury on March 10th, 2012, March 13th, 2012, I would argue is one of the biggest trades as it has now turned out to be in the history of the National Basketball Association. Because the Warriors traded Monte Ellis in a five-player deal. Andrew Bogut came back, among others. But Monte Ellis' removal from the Warriors, three days after Steph had had yet another season-ending ankle injury, Sent the Warriors fan base into a tizzy. Doctor Bob and I, we were literally on the street talking people down off of their just heads were ready to explode. How could the Warriors trade Monte Ellis, who was giving them thirty plus points a game, for this kid with all the injuries? The Warriors were geniuses. That trade cleared the way for this to be Steph and Clay's team. Steph specifically. How bad was the Warriors fan base? Uh, how bad did they react to the Monte Ellis trade? When Chris Mullins' jersey was retired later that year, owner Joe Lacob was booed lustily because they couldn't believe still that they had traded Ellis. Then in 2012, 35th pick in the draft, Draymond Green, and the rest is history. I could go on. And you know what? I will, Jeff, because people need to appreciate how unbelievable the, the, the roster construction of this team, what they've done for titles in eight years we will look at next year's nba odds because these are fascinating as well one team very surprising at the top and the value uh, might be towards the teens if you will that's next numbers game visa the sports betting network
0: numbers game with Gil alexander on vsin the sports betting network
4: numbers game proudly brought to you by betmgm it is time to download nevada's premier sports betting app the betmgm sports app betmgm with all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting boosted odds specials and much more download the betmgm app today and stop by any mgm casino on the strip with your state issued id to open an account start placing sports bets from anywhere in nevada whatever your sport Whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gamble problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. We get tweets. at beating the book. Doug Wedge. Hey, Gill, could you please cheer up a little? You Are you really bringing me down this morning? Congrats, my friend. Warriors plus the points last night was easy pickings. Uh, Shout-out to Carl Sack, who texted me. Uh, Will Hill, who texted me. All these... Uh, A lot of guys who had the Celtics just sort of waving the white flag yesterday. Um, Congratulations to everybody who had the Warriors. Again, I just, you know, forgive the tribute to this franchise from last segment, but I think we just really need to appreciate something we may never see again. All the while being the most beautiful thing in sports. And maybe not done yet, Jeff. That's the other thing. We still haven't seen Wiseman. Kaminga and Moody are still young kids. They'll probably lose a player at some point too, right? They can't pay everybody. But they got a whole youth movement coming up, too, which is just the, the beauty of the franchise as well. And Steve Kerr wins his ninth championship, fourth as coach, five as player. Kate, and I would say, and I've said this all week, besides Curry's legacy being canonized, I would say Steve Kerr's has taken the biggest leap beyond Curry's of all the Warriors. I don't think there's any question about that.
3: I mean, Steve Kerr has lost one playoff series as a coach. Of, one of, playoff series.
4: Steph Curry started this postseason willingly on the bench. Draymond Green got benched during this finals. And Gary Payton II was the victim of an attempted homicide against the Grizzlies. Stop, forget those three things. You don't, th- you don't think it was actually an attempted homicide? I Actually thought it was. Um, Katie's legacy take a hit in all of this? Got to right a little bit, right? It's just I, a stupid I, decision from him.
3: I don't think I don't think it I don't think it matters to him at this point. I think it, I don't it, think it, it does. At, at this point, he's to the Warriors story, obviously he obviously he was the best player on the two title teams. But now that they've won on both sides of him. Book ended. It is a very different looking era those few years. Hundred percent.
4: Let's take a look at next year's NBA futures. These are the, the odds that currently exist for the title of the 2022-2023 NBA season next year. These courtesy of Ben MGM. And the Warriors, a slight short shot here. Plus 550. The exact same number I happen to get them on to win it this year. Warriors are plus 550. The Celtics, who, listen, despite a turnover-riddled, sloppy, loose NBA Finals. Once they have some time away from this, they will look back on their season with nothing but pride. Remember, they were only the second team in NBA history to have a sub-500 record at the midway point of the season and make the NBA Finals. The 1981 Houston Rockets being the other. Both the 81 Rockets and the 2022 Celtics lose in the NBA Finals, as it turns out. So Warriors plus 550, Celtics plus 650, the Brooklyn Nets are seven to one. Katie and Kyrie, we think at seven to one. Still not hundred percent Kyrie will be there, but seven to one on the Nets. And then the Clippers are plus seven fifty. Last year's two NBA finalists, the Bucks eight to one, the Suns nine to one. And then it's the double digit parade starting at 14 to 1. So now a couple things. One, always shop around. Well, there's a couple things. One, would I make a bet right now at this moment on anybody? The answer is probably no. But as a good sort of baseline to just file away, here are the numbers currently. Shop around if you want to bet something right now because you will see at other books that the Warriors, Celtics, Nets, and Clippers are all 6-1. to one. Now, let me just ask you this, Jeff. First question. There's so many here. One, do you buy that the Clippers should be in this kind of rarefied air with all the other teams?
3: I don't think Brooklyn should be there anymore. I don't think the Clippers should be there anymore. The Clippers were—the
4: assumption, the built-in assumption to this market with the Clippers is that Kawhi will come back and Paul George will come back, and Kawhi will be peak Kawhi. Have we seen a player play fewer games
3: than this dude in the last couple years? How can we assume that? It's a tough assumption, but if Kawhi is at the peak of—if Kawhi is close to the top of his game, he's still a top seven player in the league— but I think they're too short. I think Brooklyn's too short. Who that that even if you have all the guys back, that's not the greatest of situations. Well, the
4: two things with Brooklyn, if I may interject: one, you don't know 100 percent if Kyrie is going to be there yet. You'd probably want to know that first. Being under utter statement of the year. But two, with Brooklyn, I would add. That's the only team there that you probably like. There's a scenario. where where that's the best number you'll ever get on Brooklyn. Because you know how the market loves Brooklyn. Till death do them part this year, right? Until they were dead, until the Celtics swept them. People just love the Nets in every market all year long. But I would argue with the Warriors, Celtics, Clippers, maybe even Bucks and Suns, like you'll get better numbers than these. The Nets are the only team up there I would say, ah, maybe if you bet them now, if you like had ridiculous conviction on the Nets and you're like, nope, Kyrie's going to be there, I want to bet the Nets. I wouldn't hate on you for betting that because that's the one team where you already know the market loses their minds on. So I would throw that out there.
3: Suns 9-1 to when you don't know about DeAndre Ayton? I don't want anything to do with Phoenix. That feels like they missed their window last year. They needed to win in 2021. They didn't win. That was their chance. They get beat by a billion in Game 7 at home, and that was the end for them. All right, yeah. so, so here's my question for
4: you, Jeff. Is the best bet on the board... Either the Dallas
3: Mavericks or the Denver Nuggets at 14 to 1. It's the Dallas Mavericks to me. The Christian Wood trade is big. Great trade by them. Yeah. You get a piece that is great inside and out, a great rebounder, a great score, a very important complementary piece to Luka. They're probably still one more piece away, but to me, if you're giving me 14 to 1 on Dallas, that would be the way I would look. Denver. Again, it's it's hard to bet on the nuggets, despite the fact that we expect Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. to we both do. be back, but this is now a history of back injuries for Porter dating back to college. And for Murray, you're you're missing a, a year plus. That is a lot to come back from. It may take a while for Jamal Murray to to look like himself, and you mentioned it with the other teams at the top of the board, it is hard for me to imagine that you won't see Denver drift into the mid-20s at some point during the regular season.
4: Yeah, like I think with the Warriors, for instance, you know how much I'm in the tank for the Warriors, clearly. And not just in the tank, back it up with bets. The The Warriors, if, if somebody tweaked, you know, if somebody got tweaked, if an injury happened to any of the Warriors next year, if Steph rolls an ankle, if Clay rolls an ankle... The Warriors are not incentivized. We talked about this on Primetime Action last night. The Warriors, at their advanced age with, those, with the big guys, they're under no incentive to rush anyone back anymore, right? Because they can just hang out for 20. oh Steph, you tweaked your ankle? Why don't you take the next 15 games off, right? That kind of thing. So in the end, I'd still say the Warriors ought to be the short shot, quite frankly. That's just me. But like at plus 550, I, I'm in no rush to bet that right now. How about this, Jeff? The long shot, and again, we threw this around on PTA last night. The Pelicans at 40 to 1 of all the longer shots is the most compelling.
3: Yeah, it's the only one once you get past the 20s. How do you like the Lakers still at 22 to 1? Okay, so that was my next question. <laughs> Which are the worst two bets? Is
4: it Jazz at 40 to 1 and Lakers 22 to
3: 1? Has to be those two, right? I think by default, probably. The Bulls at 66, but you're not. Realistically, putting a lot of coin on that at that point, but do not bet the Lakers. Who, do not. if they if they come back with any roster that is similar to what they had last year, they're not going to be good. They're going to be a play-in team, maybe a six seeded absolute best. The, and LeBron's the, not LeBron anymore. The Jazz at forty to one.
4: Even if even if they had their the same team coming back, which we don't know is going to happen, right? We don't know if it's, we don't know about Gobert. We don't know about Spider Mitchell. We don't know anything. But even if it was the same team now without Quinn Snyder, it's like the question that I think, uh, Jeff, you're familiar with on Passover. Why is this night different from all other nights? Why is the Jazz team different from all other
3: Jazz teams? They're just, you, who would believe in them? I, I never believed in them. Never. There's no reason to think of it. And also, too, you, you're heading into an offseason where either Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell could very easily be somewhere else in a month. Yeah,
4: well, that's what I, said, what I was saying. Yeah, is the biggest omission. The Grizzlies that we did that I haven't said here. The Grizzlies at fourteen to one. Does that interest you at all? N- n- not at all. Not at all. No. Interesting. That's what we came up with last night too. No.
3: That doesn't interest me at all. Miami doesn't really interest me either. Same with Philly, who are both at fourteen to one.
4: Miami is always fourteen to one. It seems like like that's their number. Yeah, fourteen and one. Just give them a fourteen again. By the way, the bet that we talked about all week, also to say how covered we were on this. Jeff, you and I came on this show three days ago, four days ago and we, we went to the NBA MVP, uh, the Finals MVP market, and Jalen Brown was 25-1. to 1. And after last night, we were completely right about how ridiculous that market was. After last night, if the Celtics had come back, won that game last night, and figured out a way to win Game 7, Jalen Brown uh, was clearly the MVP
3: for that team, wasn't he? Clearly. Not even a doubt. I mean... Not even a doubt. We have that covered. Mr. too. Mr. Superstar had two points in the second half. Mr. Stoop, Mr.
4: Superstar, Jason Tatum, took a bigger hit than anybody in this NBA Finals. Congratulations to all the Warriors bettors. We'll come back. We'll update golf next. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
0: The Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on v the Sports Betting Network.
4: Back on The Numbers Game. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay here as well. Uh, we get texts. We get tweets. There's a text from uh, Michael Montesano, who won the uh, Booby Prize over at Circa a couple years ago. He said, uh, hard to win an NBA title without a superstar. Tatum and Brown are not superstars. You agree with that? The, the, the proclamation uh, angle that you
3: had the other day. The, the two of them are... Easily top 25 players in this league that are all-stars, but they are not guys that you win with as your best player to win championships. And that was proven pretty obviously in this series.
4: Adam Orphan, we get tweets. You were at beating the book. You were were steadfast in your support of the Dubs all season and may have been the lone voice out there uh, here to do so. Enjoy the spoils. Thank you, Adam Orphan. I'm sure I wasn't the, the lone voice here. Uh, touchdown Jesus! The effect on KD's legacy is that it is now obvious that he won titles because of them, and not vice versa. Can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. Phil Weiss, who's always uh, got cheerful things to say, he said, uh, "I'll see you at Springfield when they induct Green and Thompson." LOL. He, uh, Phil Weiss, mocks me that I think both Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, in addition to Steph Curry, will end up in the Naismith Hall of Fame. And I am steadfast in there, and I hate, to, I hate to break it to you, Phil Weiss, but when you go to Basketball Reference, they actually do a Hall of Fame probability thing. Draymond has a 59, actually, if you round it up, a 60% chance, according to their model, to get into the Hall of Fame. And Clay is above 50% as well.
3: I think your better argument is that they put everybody in the Basketball Hall of Fame at this point.
4: I mean, (laughs) Phil, I hate to break it to you. If you think that those guys aren't like favorites to get in, I hate to tell you, man, four championships, Clay is going to get dinged for his injuries. He blew out a knee and ruptured an Achilles. Stop it. And Draymond, by the way, don't let how he played in the finals fool you. This year, more than any, showed how his absence, his absence this year might have catapulted his Hall of Fame resume more than anything. They were so bad without him.
3: Well, Draymond was spectacular last night.
4: He was. He was great last he was night. Feeling it. Chris Hartman, Gil, the worst thing that happened to the youthful Celtics was the fourth quarter of game 1. They seemed to play the rest of the series like that was the norm instead of the outlier. They played with little urgency throughout. Um Kiss the degenerate. Gil, I became a fan after the trade involving David Lee going from the Knicks to the Warriors in 2010. From then on, I could feel the energy. Drafting Steph was masterful. How could you not like this team if you're a basketball, if you're a true basketball fan? Well said. Let's just end it on that. How could you not? This is the last thing. It's the most beautiful thing in sports. If you don't like this, I don't know what you're here for. And again, I do think this is just the broad betting standpoint. Betters got too close to the sun on this. Analytics folks got too close to the sun on this. Golf, U.S. Open, 122nd United States Open. Jeff, did you have M.J. Duffy as your leader through 13 holes of round number two? He's five under. I did not. M.J. Duffy, which I have no idea how that's pronounced Duffy, D-A-F-F-U-E, but apparently that's South African for Duffy. Matisse Duffy, which is South African for Matt Duffy, who I believe used to play for the Giants and now plays for the Angels. But M.J. Duffy, five under, two-stroke lead at the 122nd United States Open at Brookline, hey, not that Brookline, Brookline Country Club, uh, V Country Club at Brookline, Massachusetts. Two-stroke lead over Matthew Fitzpatrick and a bunch of guys who have yet to tee off Callum Terran, David Lingmurth, Rory McIlroy, Joel Damon. My five pre pre-flop bets, and for me, this is like a ridiculous explosion of bets in a golf tournament. I don't know how I ended up with five because I usually am the one futures guy. But all of my guys are within five strokes. I think Scheffler's six strokes back. But all these other guys are within five strokes. Talking about JT, although JT just might have given one back right there. Sam Burns, Max Homa, Daniel Berger, they're all lurking. None really knocking at the door right now, but they're close enough where I'm not like looking to add anything. Just gonna ride these guys out. Did you end up making any bets here? Oh yeah, your Arizona trip. Of course you. Did. Yeah,
3: I, I just have my uh, I have Morikawa to win, Morikawa top twenty, DJ top twenty, and then a, a, a few top forties, including Justin Rose, Gary Woodland, uh, Stuart Sink had a very bad round yesterday, and uh, Kevin Kisner. That's all I have. Not a lot. Small card this week. The adjusted odds after round one, obviously, when we are on the air here for a numbers
4: game, we don't have the sort of in-between rounds numbers. So not all books are dishing out stuff happening while this round is going on. But if you're at one, I mean, it's it's just fascinating to see some of these numbers, like Sam Burns, who I have at, you know, preflop, not even at a great number, 25 plus twenty five fifty. Sam Burns, yesterday, last night, you could get him at an even longer number than that. I just think he is perennially undervalued in the markets. It's so interesting. Yeah, he made a run here earlier today, but he's given a couple strokes back, which has kind of been the trajectory of a lot of these guys today. So Burns was making a move, and now he's giving it back, so can't get too excited about him. He's one under for the day, even par, for the tournament. JT back and forth, hovering right around even par. Scheffler's one over. Homa and Berger, among my guys, yet to tee off, but they're uh, they're within five strokes also. So who's your who's your guy that you have the most hope in right now?
3: Well, I mean Morikawa is my only Morikawa. is okay. my only outright, and he's the one that I will just hate myself forever. If right, that's the only outright I have right now of all, of all the bets that I have. Dustin Johnson and, and Morikawa's top twenties are the ones that probably look the best at the moment.
4: They're fascinating so far. And if you and if you assume Duffy's not going to be there, which is always precarious when you assume such things then really three under is the mark right now, which was the mark at the end of yesterday's day. So I think there's a lot of betting opportunities here moving forward, whether after this round or after the third round or in tournament, say even on the back nine on Sunday, which is when a lot of golf bettors will make their money. By the way, one other basketball note. Did you see this David Purdom tweet yesterday that I sent? Well, I guess I sent it to you, so you did see it. David Purdom, who does such a great job at ESPN Chalk, this is I'm just sort of like riffing stream of consciousness now, he had this tweet yesterday And this is per... This blew my mind. I could not believe this. I would have lost a lot of money if you had said, all right, Gil, bet on this subject. He tweeted that a week before the NBA draft, remember the NBA draft is next week, and we talk so much about all those great Warriors picks, but a week before the NBA draft, more money has been bet on the odds to be the number one pick than was bet on the odds to be the number one pick in the NFL draft At Caesars Sports. Dude, I would have lost my shirt if you had said, hey, bet on this. I would have said the NFL minus 750. Really? The number one pick in the NFL draft? That must be a one-shop thing. That must be like a Caesars anomaly. Because the NFL draft, remember the number one pick went back and forth. Aiden Hutchinson, and I mean, how many people were number one at different points? It was like four or five different guys. Really more on the number 1 pick in the NBA draft? You think you'll have any NBA draft bets next week? Probably not. Do you think Chet Holmgren there was a there was a mock draft yesterday that had Chet Holmgren going number 1 and all of a sudden like there was a Chet Holmgren buzz in the air to go to the Magic number 1.
3: I'm but, staying steadfast in my belief that Jabari Smith's going one. Yeah. This, as soon as Orlando won the lottery, that was the way that I expected it to go. There's no reason that one mock draft changes my thinking. Jabari
4: minus 135ish. Chet Holmgren, plus 170 to go first. We'll, of course, talk more NBA draft as the week goes on. And then one other thing, because we had Jason coming in, Jason Weingarten talk baseball here. Some time ago, I want to say it was three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I came on the show, had just watched the Real Sports HBO episode with a couple of Deshaun Watson's accusers being interviewed by Brian Gumble, And I came on here the next morning, and I said... Anybody who watched that, anybody who watched that, you cannot possibly come away thinking anything but, oh, my God, that is horrific for Deshaun Watson. Browns fans, Browns betters, whatever. But you can't be human and come away from that and think to yourself, oh, my God, this dude is in trouble, and justifiably so. And when it comes to a suspension, and this is how it comes to our betting standpoint, remember what I was saying was, I, was, I was, couldn't believe that I was talking to uh, some folks. I think we had, I, think we had, I don't want to, I love Eric Eager, but we had Eric Eager on, and Eric Eager said, I remember his reaction was like, oh, after seeing that, it's going to be at least six games. And I remember saying, what? At least six? I would have thought you would have said at least a half a year, if not more. Half a season, if not more. And the reason I bring this up is, two more accusers now. We're up to 26. Apparently two more coming and who knows what else beyond that. At Circa, the Brown season win total is 9. Their AFC North odds to win the division plus 280. Here's the one to make the playoffs. The 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 no is minus 145. If I'm if I'm right about this after seeing that And I didn't really need to see that, but even after saying that really drove it home, once you have the actual human beings in front of you sobbing and crying and, and telling their story. If you have any kind of emotion or heart, like you have to look at that and you'd be like, oh, he's not, he may not play minimum half a season. Who knows how much? And if he's not playing, is Baker Mayfield really walking back through that door? No minus 145 seems like a lot of good value to me. And yes, if you're landing on this show and you're saying, hey, Gil, are you, uh, are you exploiting a very, situa- a very serious situation for betting purposes? Uh, yeah, that's me. That's what we kind of do here. Sorry about that. I'm not trying to be callous. just trying to point out something. Coming back, Jason Weingarten from under a cloud of smoke in Southern California. Baseball and golf next.
0: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The numbers game
0: with Gil Alexander on v the sports betting network.
4: The first inning is unpredictable, but you can place a no-run first inning wager with confidence at BetMGM. Make a no-run first inning prop bet on any Friday MLB game. If only one run is scored in the first, you'll get your stake back in free bets up to $20. That's right, simply place a single or parlay no-run first-inning bet. No runs in the first, no problem. You win if only one run is scored. Get your wager back in free bets up to $20. Take big swings all season long with BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer Opt-in required. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada or New York. Skill Alexander, we get tweets at beating the book. Matt Warrior 013, Morning Gill, what time do you and Jeff carpool to exit number two today for some adjusted PGA numbers? Have a great weekend. <laughs> we may very well. If I didn't have to be back here, we totally do. We can make it back and forth. Asian Lebowski, respect to the dubs. I had a uh, college roommate from the Bay that was a... Uh, Kings fan during that era, uh, during that era, who swapped to the Warriors. Being a U. U-Mish fan myself, watching Dre Steph's mouthguard chew it, and Bad Boy Pistons, my favorite team ever. Anti Bulls Kerr, it's gonna keep me from loving them 100. But uh, respect, he says, to the Warriors for sure. Um, so here's the story. So first round leader Adam Hadwin, who was uh, four under yesterday and had a one stroke lead going into the night. He is three over through his first eight today, three over through his first eight. So he is uh, one under for the tournament, having trouble on his front nine today. And then our leader, Matt, uh, excuse me, MJ Duffy, who's at five under for the tournament through 13 here in his second round, two stroke lead over the field. Jeff, what did we see? We saw him on a, on a walking path of sorts behind a white picket fence Using a wood to get out of a jam, <laughs> does that basically describe it? And he and he proceeded to hit it into the thick fescue or the
3: thick rough there. Don't know where he went. I, yeah. I couldn't tell where his his second shot went, but it is on a par five, so he in trouble. Hey, that, that's not a that's a hole. you at least got to make par on. You can't be bogeying or, God forbid, double bogeying a par five on on this course. Yeah, we'll see how that ends up. MJ
4: Duffy, your leader, but in a whole heap of trouble, it appears on the 14th hole here on uh, round number two at Brookline. He's got golf bets. He's got baseball bets from cloud of, under a cloud of smoke, rather in Southern California. You can follow him on Twitter, at Spreadopedia. And, of course, he's the host of the Wide World of Weingarten podcast, Jason Weingarten. How you doing, Jason?
5: Pretty good. How's it going?
4: Going well. How are your bets doing here in this golf tournament?
5: Fine. I've got DJ. Um like uh duffy to be the second round leader That's oh you do cool. yeah you know I get, I get I live bet some stuff like that every every now and then what number do you have on him uh, like four to one or something nothing nothing big it just uh you know he's leading early I'll throw some money on him yeah he's in a, he's in a bit of a jam here
4: do you uh do you think you will add on here later as the tournament continues like even into the final what, oh, oh, he's... The shot was significantly better. Than oh, wait realized. a minute. He's chipping onto the green here. Is he up and down yeah, there for par? I see
5: the live betting odds. The, I, I just watched the live betting. Oh. Live betting wasn't worried about him now, on this hole. No, now that was a bad shot. What he just it, hit? there. He's
3: two putts for par, though. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, because
5: yeah,
4: it's a par five. Yeah, yeah, so he's good. Up and down for a, uh, as Jeff said, a par that is not good versus the field on this hole. But uh, he made a mess of that hole for sure. But oh, look. yeah,
5: he screwed up a little bit.
4: Yep. Screwed up a little bit there.
5: All right, I can see the odds. Odds moving on them. Baseball
4: today. What do you like?
5: What do I like today? Let's see. I got two two plays I like. Um, Just making sure they load so I can see them. I bet the Tigers Rangers under nine minus one fifteen. Sorry, under eight minus one fifteen. And the Rockies at Coors. I laid minus one and a half with the Rockies at home versus the Padres. Getting plus two forty five on that. I like uh, the Rockies alt run line here. Do you make
4: uh, a significant, greater share of run line bets at cores than anywhere else? Yes, that's uh, accurate. That is a an, an accurate strategy. Um, by the way, yes, yes, accurate accurate statement. Um, I'll, let's get back to the first inning things. Are you noticing, we talked about this a few weeks ago, that there was this increasing cottage industry of people betting first innings and specifically and emphasizing betting um, in a certain direction on them. We now have, uh, have sports books who are now promoting said first innings and are encouraging those bets that those people that you're seeing the cottage industry of, uh, encouraging those very bets. Should that not be telling us something about the strategy of most first inning
5: bettors? yeah, I mean most most people won't think and recognize that, but if they're encouraging you to bet it, it's probably not the greatest idea
4: if they're if they're thinking if they're encouraging you to bet a certain way, it's not the
5: best idea, yeah, yeah, I mean and I see yeah. like you know they're they're doing parlays and stuff if I see a book promoting like you know three teams at seven to one or whatever, all knows. I'll just bet all three of them. Yes. Cause I know it's not going <laughs> to win. That's not even I mean, I'll still do the actual work, but I don't have to, I could just, you know, I know, I know what they're going to lose. I'll still do the actual work, but I don't have
4: to think about that boys and girls. All right. Um, yesterday with Will Hill, I was going through the best division numbers out there right now. We sort of settled on the fact that the Cardinals who we had at even money, but you could find him yesterday at plus 115 uh, with the lead on the Milwaukee Brewers in the NL Central. Brewers minus 165 with all the starting pitching problems, uh, injuries. The Cardinals actually in the lead at plus money. Is that not the best division bet currently on the board?
5: I kind of like the Padres. I bet the Mm. Padres, I think, plus 275 last week. Wow. Um and that's, and that's coming from a
4: guy who who loves everything about the Dodgers organization, right?
5: Yeah, but I mean it's just the, the the pitching on paper versus the pitching that they are are working with. It's it's very thin and you're only another injury two injury or two away from you know not knowing who's who's the next guy in line. I mean they already Dug dug so deep they had to call up Michael Grove. I am, you know, still don't really know who that guy is. Um, they'll be in on all the pitchers that are available for trade, but Padres. Maybe it's Padres' year to finally win the division, and maybe that's enough to get Manny Machado an MVP. What did you? Which you have a ticket for? I have a ticket for.
4: What? What did you make of the the Dodgers' decision the other night, couple nights ago? To keep Tyler Anderson in, he was like north of 120 pitches going into the ninth. Had to face Trout and Otani, try to get the no-hitter. He was able to retire Trout, but then Otani tripled uh, with Mookie Betts making the all-like ridiculous dive for the ball that allowed Otani to get the triple. While not earlier in the season, continuing with Kershaw, much fewer pitches, right? Way way lower uh, pitch count going for a perfect game against the twins. What did you make of that difference?
5: Well, Kershaw wasn't as built up yet. I mean, it's still annoying, but at least earlier in the season, it was somewhat forgivable here. You know, he kind of had to do it. Like you just, I know he didn't want to, but you gotta let your guys, you know, have these opportunities when they present themselves.
4: I remain steadfast about that about the Kershaw thing too, and I get it, even with the caveat if it was early in the season and that Kershaw didn't mind and all that. Jason, there are so and I know you. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here when I say this, but I just feel like there are so few, you know, things that set baseball apart, right? Why we love baseball, at least for me, like number one reason to love baseball is that it has these unbelievable individual statistical feats that occur, right? It's a game based on stats. It's a game based on individual performance disguised as a team sport. And so when you take that away from us arbitrarily – it just it just you're like, what are we doing anymore with baseball? Like, are you really trying to attract any fans at all? So I, I just I thought that was interesting the other day where they're like, Oh, Tyler Anderson, you go right ahead, you know, and try to do this. Otani breaks it up, Dodgers still get the win. Um Braves who are just streaking. Do you do you believe that they are a viable contender for a back? Yeah, I mean they're
5: the defending World Series champs. Like not only are they a viable contender, but I was thinking about it. You put together this roster versus the World Series champion roster. This one might even be better. You know, you take away Freddie Freeman, but you add Acuna, Ozuna, Matt Olson. It's not a bad lineup. Dansby Swanson, he's been one of the best shortstops, if not the best shortstop in baseball the last couple of weeks. Like, they got a lot of stuff going their way right now. Mike Soroka coming back in the rotation. Uh, lot to like there
4: all right six teams make the uh, postseason from each league expanded playoffs uh the uh the worst division winner plays the number three wild card number one will play number two in best of threes all at the better teams ballpark by the way there are eight teams that we generally think are contending for these mets braves phillies sorry marlins cardinals brewers padres dodgers giants who are the two teams that don't make it
5: Giants and either the Phillies or the Mets. I'm sorry. The Giants answer means we have to go, Jason. Sorry. Segments sorry. That's oh, yeah, I said Mets. I meant Braves. Apologies. Okay. I, I mean
4: Braves don't make it. Don't make it.
5: Braves, Phillies, Mets. There's
4: only two spots. Someone's out. All right. Thank you, Jason. Ben Wilson, College World Series next in studio.